Imagine what that day was like for the Samaritan woman. She wakes up early in the morning next to a man who's not her husband. Maybe, maybe she's thirsty. She gets up and she wants to, to pick up her water jar and go to the well. Because all the women in the village would go to the well before sunup and get their water for the day. But she can't. She's living with a man who's not her husband. She's been married five times already. And she knows that if she walks out into the village, she's going to hear it. She's going to get those looks. And she's going to hear the other women. They're going to be gossiping. Look at her. It's that woman. What's she doing? So maybe she gets out of bed. She knows what she's doing is wrong. She feels a little sad. And she knows ah, something's, something's missing. Something's missing in my life. So maybe the woman goes about her day and does whatever she does in the morning. And then it's getting on to be maybe about 11.30. And she says, all right, now I can go to the well and get the water that I need for the day. Because it's hot. The sun's high in the sky. I live practically in the desert. And ain't nobody going to be at the well in the middle of the day. So I can go now, get what I need, and avoid all those looks and all that murmuring. So she does. She picks up her water jar, maybe she puts it on her shoulder, and she starts walking through the town to the well. And maybe as she's walking, she thinks a little bit about how she's thirsty. And maybe as she's walking, she thinks a lot more about what's going on in her heart. Something's missing. Something's wrong. I'm not fulfilled. I'm not happy. And so maybe she's walking with her head down, thinking about all this, and she's approaching the well, and she looks up. Somebody's there. And it's a man. And it's a Jewish man. This is weird. What's going on? Little did she know what's going on. And so she keeps walking and she gets to the well and she finds out that God has come all the way down from heaven to meet her. God has come all the way down to heaven and sat at a well and thirsted for water because he was waiting for her. God is pursuing her. So she gets up to the well and God asks her for a drink and she doesn't understand and she doesn't know what's going on. But but she starts engaging. She starts talking to Jesus. And Jesus invites her. I will give you living water. 
See, Jesus, Jesus can see through everything. Jesus can see through her physical thirst. Jesus can see through her pain that she's medicated with her relationships with all these men, maybe with her vanity, with whatever else. And he says, I want you. And you know all that stuff that you were feeling this morning? That missing piece of your heart? That emptiness? That malaise? That little sadness? I want to feel that. I have come, Jesus says, all the way down from heaven just for you. Today, right now, in a few minutes, Jesus comes all the way down from heaven, not just for some woman in Samaria 2,000 years ago, but Jesus comes all the way down from heaven onto this altar, at this Mass, in this liturgy, where heaven kisses earth, bread and wine become God, and Jesus says, I want you. So the woman, and you and me, Now she has a choice. Because you see, every day that woman would pick up her water jar, put it on her shoulders, and go out to the well. And yeah, she would go out to the well to draw water, to get water so she could drink it. But symbolically, that woman would actually pick up her water jar, put it on her shoulder, and go out to all of her favorite sins. That woman would go out to try to medicate, to try to fill up that hole, that missing piece of her heart that she was trying to fill up with men or vanity or whatever. And Jesus, Jesus says, put down your water jar. God had already said through the prophet Jeremiah, my people have forsaken me. The fountain of living waters and hewn out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. God saw how this woman had forsaken him, going after all the the false gods of her sins. And every day she was picking up her water jar and going out to a broken cistern that had no water in it at all. Every day she was picking up her water jar and going out to these mirages. It's as if she saw in her sin an oasis in the desert that she thought could fill up those missing places in her heart. And every day she would go to this mirage and she'd find only sand. So the woman, because she didn't know the difference, because she didn't know better, she would fill up her water jar with sand and try to drink it and find and find out that none of these mirages of sin would ever satisfy her. And isn't that you and me? How often do you and I pick up our water jars, go to these things that we think were going to make us happy, and end up just drinking the sand. I don't know. I don't know what your favorite sin is. I don't know if you struggle with gossip and tearing other people down. I don't know if you struggle with pornography or alcohol or gambling. Maybe it's anger or vanity or greed. I don't know 
what mirage you usually go to, and what sand you usually drink. But I wonder, when you and I do that, when we pick up our water jars, go to our mirages, and drink the sand, does it ever actually work? Does it ever actually help? Maybe maybe a night of drinking numbs my pain, and I feel good for a little while. Maybe there are fleeting moments of pleasure in looking at pornography. Or maybe when I gossip and tear that other person down, for five minutes I feel a little bit better about myself. But what about the next morning? What about three hours later? Am I ever really satisfied? Do the mirages of the sands of my sin ever really help me? I don't think so. They surely don't help me. Sometimes we even medicate that pain in our heart, that emptiness, that difficulty. Sometimes we even medicate it with good stuff. Like hunting, or fishing, or sports. Those things are good. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we medicate that emptiness in our hearts by workaholism, or shopaholism. Going to work, going shopping, good stuff. But sometimes we try to fill our hearts with that. But those things don't really help either, do they? You remember in 2009, the Saints won the Super Bowl. And we were all excited for about three weeks. And then it died down. It didn't fill us up. It was great. Praise God the Saints won the Super Bowl. But it didn't, it didn't quite do what we needed it to do. What if Coach O takes LSU to the national championship? And what if LSU goes and wins the national championship? Well, we will be excited. And we might have Coach O Day Part 2. But that'll last for what? Two months? Maybe? And then it'll die down. The trophy will go in a trophy case in Baton Rouge somewhere. And eh, it'll have been nice. But it won't have worked. It won't have filled us up. So Jesus is telling the Samaritan woman, and he's telling you, and he's telling me, come to me, you who are thirsty. Don't go to your sins, and don't try to fill that void up with other good things. But come to me. Everyone who thirsts, let him come to the water. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Incline your ear. Come to me. Hear that your soul might live. The woman, finally, hearing Jesus' invitation, made a choice. She inclined her ear. She came to Jesus that her soul might live. And she made a choice. The Bible says the woman left her water jar. That water jar that she picked up every day, put on her shoulder, and went to the mirages of her sin with. She left it. And went tell the people about Jesus. 
Today, you and me are called to leave our water jars. I don't know what your water jar is. I know what mine is. But Jesus is inviting us today to put it right here. To bring our water jars, not to Mount Gerizim or to Jerusalem, but up the mountain of God. Where heaven kisses earth, God comes down in His Word and in the Blessed Sacrament and wants to encounter us. Jesus is saying today, come to me, leave your water jars, and know what will truly fulfill you.